You're listening to One Man and His Wilderness Podcast. On the show, we hope to not only give you a better understanding of how wilderness adventure shapes our belief and trust in Christ, but how it draws us into a deeper, more intimate relationship with Him. On the show, you'll hear from leaders who are utilizing wilderness adventure to make disciples of young people around the world. So sit back and enjoy the perspective of one man in his wilderness. My guest on the show today is Andrew Underwood. Andrew has developed a huge heart for working with young people in ministry and outdoor education environments as he has served in many different roles over the past 10 years. He has experience with camps, wilderness guiding, and directing an environmental education center for Northern California public schools. I'm pleased to call Andrew a co-worker of mine with the Wilderness Ministry Institute and excited to talk to him today. So welcome to the show, Andrew. Well, man, Andrew Underwood. Welcome to the show, my friend. So glad to uh, to have you on today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Paul. I'm excited to be here, man. Man, so our listeners can uh, get a little bit better of an idea of who you are. And why don't you just why don't you just tell people who you are? Introduce yourself to. Them. Yeah, um, of course, my name is Andrew Underwood, and I'm originally from North Carolina. I was born and raised in the Greensboro area, and um, yeah, it's been kind of a wild and crazy life I've had uh, over the past little while. Um, recently just moved from California uh, where I was running an environmental education program for public schools and out in the Redwoods. This is pretty amazing if you've ever been there. Um, yeah, I got really involved in um, youth work and youth programming and, and especially in, in the outdoors. Actually, my first job ever was a canoe and kayak instructor at a Boy Scout camp out in rural community of North Carolina. So it's just been um, a really big part of my life um, from the, from the onset. And um, I think pretty much everything I've done since then has been in some way related to or connected to youth work and the outdoors. I've been highly involved in camp ministry for, I don't know, probably 12 or 13 years now. And um, uh, yeah, I have a high value for, for those environments and um yeah, I was really involved in soccer growing up. That was a really big part of my life. And so even just sports and I was able to do some sports ministry in Brazil and um, played with us, uh, a min- uh, missionary team from Chicago early on uh, my college career. And so I don't know, I just, I find these environments of like sport and the outdoors to be incredible platforms for ministry. And it's just pretty much all that I've dedicated my life to. So, I mean, that's pretty much all that I'm about. My, uh, I'm married and I have a child on the way, which yeah, is pretty exciting. I do in June. And uh, we just moved uh, to Johnson City from California, Johnson City, Tennessee. And um, yeah, we have been here a week. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a long drive and we're excited to be here and excited for this kind of new chapter of our life with Nexus um, and Women's Ministry Institute. And yeah, and so yeah, for those of you that uh, that don't know, um, well, you should know because it's in the introduction to this podcast. But Andrew and I worked together uh, for the Wilderness Ministry Institute. Um, but before we talk about your uh, kind of your career and your jobs that you've had in, in leading wilderness adventure, um, and I want to take it back further than that. Uh, so you said you grew up in uh, in North Carolina, uh, which is our neighbor here. 
Um, man, like at what age did you start like really getting into to being outdoors and being outside? Well, um, unfortunately, my childhood was not the best situation. Um, I had an abusive father and a really difficult situation there. And um, my my mother like rushed my brother and I out of our childhood home in the middle of the night when I was young to go to my grandparents' house. I think the reason I bring that up is the fact that I have, I don't know, as early as I can remember, find some sort of like escape or solace or something in the woods around my family's homes that I've lived in and especially my grandparents home when we lived there this giant lot of woods behind their house the creek there and for whatever reason I just fell in love with being out there it was somewhat of an escape from the pain and suffering in my early childhood and it was it just made a lot of sense to me it was really peaceful and to go play in the creek and to do all those things like I don't know I actually remember um, this time my brother and I um, we we had actually like visiting my dad and uh, we had gone to the woods across the street from his house and we had just gotten so lost in the adventure of being out there and like we went deeper than we ever did before we just lost track of time completely and we come like skipping back up to the house who knows how long later and there were cops at our house and like they had called the police. They thought we were lost. And it just like, I don't know from the earliest parts of my childhood, I just remember being so, I mean, I hate to use the word intoxicated, but I was just really drawn to that place of wilderness. It became quite the refuge for me. And um, for some reason, the beauty the complexity, the peacefulness of it really spoke to me. And it was like the only world that really made sense to me as a young person. Um, and I think I just really hung on to that for the rest of my life. It, it just became a really important part of my, of my life. And as I got older and, and, understood science and I mean I just got so enthralled with the beauty of God's creation and the adventures that could be had out there and um, I mean the first time I ever went caving I was just like felt like a kid in a candy store just like every little nook and cranny that I went around was just like the first person who ever discovered it before you know it's just like it really meant a lot to me and it still does. And I feel like I still have that childhood like joy and love for those places. And I'm pretty sure it had to have started when I was young. So. Man. Uh, so our listeners are, are hearing this, this story for the first time. And I'm actually, we're, we're experiencing this together. I, I didn't know that, um, mm-hmm. that part of your history, man. So like, thank you for, for sharing that and kind of you know, opening up. Uh, and you, as you were talking, you were talking about like you're at the woods kind of being this uh, escape for you. And like, it was um, like, you felt, you felt like it was a place you could go for just like solitude and uh, man, just being in God's creation and how just that sense of adventure 
um, just kind of drove you and kind of fueled you, uh, even so to almost getting the police uh, on an Amber Alert for you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> so man, like with that, um, as you as you grew up and through your teenage years, so once you kind of graduated high school, um, man, how did that how did that passion that you found uh, during your childhood and that uh, the wilderness being this place of solitude? Um, and how did you find that that kind of pushed you forward into uh, to pursuing it for a, for a job? Yeah, I remember when we were, when I was in high school, just, you know, the conversation around college and what you're going to do with your life is a big topic, right? And um, I just remember, like, really wrestling with the idea of what a lot of people were going to school for. It just seemed like they just kind of went down this list of all the things that made a lot of money and just picked one they think that they could just tolerate doing for the rest of their life. And I had a really hard time with that. I was like, you know, I just don't think I could live my life like that. And, um, um, you know, soccer had some influence on my college decisions because I was kind of in that conversation space with a few colleges and I mean I felt like I was a good college I mean I was a good soccer player for small rural community in the middle of North Carolina but on the like you know grand world scheme you know it wasn't you know no one was like fighting over um a roster spot for me or anything like that but I it was a big part of my life and um and so that influenced me a little bit but um I remember visiting Appalachian State which is just right over the mountains from here um and they had a, a a degree in recreation management and they had a focus that you could take in that degree in outdoor experiential education and i was like holy cow i never knew that like you could do this for a living and i didn't even know that you could dive into this deeper and um you know after being like involved in scouting and just my own like adventures in the world i just thought oh man like i could cur- really create these experiences and um use these experiences to impact young people and i was like man i think i really want to do that and so um i remember the first time i told my friends that they all thought i was completely insane they're like you're never gonna make any money doing that and it's true you don't but it's you know (laughs) i didn't care um i just didn't care and i just remember like feeling so happy about that decision and um and I went, I went through the program there was at the time, I don't know kind of where it's at now, but it was probably one of the top five programs for experiential education in the country. Wow. And I mean, when you've got like one of your professors is a, was a retired director of Outward Bound and wow. all these things, it just felt like what a really cool school to come under and to really feel the depth of what even on the clinical level, what experiential education does for human beings in general, but especially for the young person and having the like lens of biblical teaching to like look at that through what's really exciting for me. And um, yeah, I think it just kind of put me on this path of like accelerated. um, Yeah, it really accelerated my career path in that because you're kind of walking with you know valuable degree in in the industry um and so i really focused my energy into camp world um initially Um, but of course that branches out from there so yeah 
Yeah. So you're talking about being able to uh, be in an appy state um, and kind of going through that experiential education uh, program. Uh, but you were talking about having the lens of like biblical perspective to look through. Mm -hmm. So uh, this being a, a wilderness podcast, but also a podcast that we use to share our faith with people. Um, and like when, when did you become a believer? Um, and, and how did that, uh, again, influence or give you the perspective when you were out into the wilderness of seeing God clearly? Yeah, I think despite my, all my family complications as an early, you know, my early childhood, my grandparents and my mother were pretty adamant about us being involved in the church. And, um, actually my grandparents' home was just um, just a little drive down the road from the church that I grew up going to. Um, so we were there all the time. They kept me in, in that community and in the church. And I remember my mother being really like, um, really influential in my young life of always talking about spiritual things and introducing me to the Lord and I would say that I was pretty like emotionally caught up in in church but I was emotionally caught up in a lot of things mm. um so it was kind of one thing that was buying for my attention and one place for me to kind of like exercise out or work out what it meant to be a human being and mm. um and I and I remember actually being at a camp in um in the mountains of Virginia, I was sitting around a campfire with our like little cabin <laughs> group and just remember like having, um, you know, a few kind of young adult leaders there that explained the gospel to me in a way that I just didn't, hadn't seen it that way before. And I remember something just kind of clicked in my heart that this was a real thing. And it was not just transforming people's lives in this small rural community in North Carolina, but, but bigger than that, I think my world just sort of expanded and like, wow, the God's real. He loves us. And, um, he came to gave his life mm -hmm. for me and, and restore a way back to what was intended in the beginning in that really excited me and um of course i was very trapped in a lot of things that young teenage boys are trapped into and my college did not necessarily my college experience did not necessarily stop that um mm. but um i think um i think that that was kind of the beginning of something very special in my life that um the lord has been working out in my heart ever since and that's really I mean, to have something that special happen in that particular environment, I think says a lot to why I'm doing what I'm doing now. There was something about that campfire experience, just being out there. Um, my, my attention could have been nowhere else, but that conversation. And I think it was particularly that space and that environment that created that opportunity for me to see and understand and hear the gospel message clearly i hadn't seen before or heard before and understood before in that way and um and so yeah and i think most of my spiritual formation since then 
not all of it, but majority of the, um, the most impactful moments have taken place in similar environments. So um, it's a, a pretty special thing to get to a place in your life where you can help do that for other people. So now, how old were you? Uh, when mm. that specific memory that you were just sharing. Yeah, that's hard to, that's yeah, hard to pinpoint, man. I'm going to, I can ballpark it somewhere yeah. in like my so, like 10, 11, yeah. somewhere around Was there. this yeah. before uh, you experienced the, uh, with your father leaving in the middle or with you guys leaving in the middle of the night? Was it before? Uh, that was after. after. That? It was after that. Okay. Quite, quite a, a little, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be like three or four years after that. I wow. think we moved in with my grandparents when I was six. So, yeah. Wow. Man. So you've got this, uh, this period of time where you're just trying to comprehend things and trying to, to figure things out. And then man, just like being in that setting, being in that outdoor setting around the campfire and, uh, man, just God, God speaking his truth to you. That is, that is super cool. Um, and then yeah. again, that's totally. why I'm, I'm so passionate about, uh, about that same setting. Uh, cause man, one of the first things, um, like when you, when you're looking in scripture, um, that I had experienced, but I really didn't know until I read that in Romans, like Romans 119 talks about this. It says, for since the beginning of time, God has been revealing himself to us, namely his eternal power and divine right. nature through right. that, which has been made so that we wouldn't have an excuse. Right. I mean, I can think back to times like that where, you know, like being outside and being in God's creation, not really like knowing God, and, right. and, but looking around and it just like inspiring me and, and really making me think. And I can look back now and through the lens of scripture and say, that was God revealing himself to me. And man, to think, right. uh, to have that perspective that God would reveal himself to us, uh, just who are, who are naturally um, just, just kind of wicked in our hearts. Right. It's such an amazing thing. And it's such an amazing revelation of his grace, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. so man, like, so moving forward, um, through that, you've been at Appy State, you've went through this, uh, this experiential education program. You're really kind of honing in, um, your, your skill set uh, while your faith is growing at the same time. And so, uh, after you graduate, um, so what happens after you graduate? What do you do with this education that you've got? Uh, and how do you start giving that to uh, bring value to others and to lead others to Christ? Yeah, I'd like to say that it was really smooth and, and easy. And I just got like a slam dunk, awesome job. And um, it was really happy and amazing from there. But it was in very like natural to life fashion, really bumpy and difficult, and not straightforward. Um, I did... Um, work at a camp actually here in East Tennessee. It's, it's something that um, in college, I started working here in the summertime. And it's actually the first um, introduction that I had to like Johnson City and this whole community here, um, camp called Dover Gorge out in um, the Hampton, Elizabethan area. And um, I ended up um, moving to Johnson City, actually my senior year in school and because I can control my schedule, you know, I just kind of like loaded my classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I just kind of drove to Boone uh, twice a week and just worked out at the camp for um, the rest of the time. Actually, was also working for a youth mentorship program here in town uh, at the same time uh, because Dover wasn't really paying me anything. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was um, that continued 
uh, after school. Um, the community, uh, the mentorship program I was working at had lost a grant. So that was a bit tough for me to lose my job. And I ended up moving back to North Carolina for about a year and a half or so. And I was just like working construction and I was just finding like every way possible to stay involved. And I actually ended up hearing about um, a project going on in Ecuador through a guy named Juan Carlos Ceballos, who Paul and I both work with now and know and, and love dearly. Um, and he invited me down to Ecuador to help work on the project. And I just quit my job and basically just like sold a bunch of stuff and bought a plane ticket to Ecuador and like spent a month down there working <laughs> with Marca. Um, just because I could, I had no like attachments to anything and it was just like I could do that and it was perfect and I was able to do that and I think that really started to snowball my ability to kind of like get out of this like sputtering mode and more into like you know more of a rhythm and a jog towards what I'm doing now because um, it was more focused on other outdoor leaders in Latin America, we're kind of pulling together and working with them and, and training with them. And I think I caught this bug of a more transformational style of leadership than I'd been exposed to before. One that was really focused on like, instead of having people in your charge, more of a taking care of people that are in mm -hmm. your charge and seeing them be lifted up and then be built up and them come with the school, you know, the tools and the ability to just outlive you and take your job away and not care about that at all. And uh, I saw that in Wonka and I saw what he was doing there. Um, I was able to go back to North Carolina and uh, raise some money to bring a bunch of these leaders. So we went back again and um, I kind of did that type of thing for a while, um, just trying to get, get things going. Um, I ended up having the ability to, uh, to move to California to work in an environmental education uh, program. And um, they were transitioning their leadership there. And I basically just needed to come for a year and kind of wait for this transition to happen so I can kind of step into the leadership of that program. And I did and um, was able to kind of build that program um, up from about 7,000 students a year to about 13,000 students a year there. Um, in the meantime, I actually was able to take a, uh, a leave of absence and go work in China for, for about three months um, with a, a, a wilderness guiding company. We used to take um, people out on the Tibetan Plateau for uh, 14 days, and that was owned by a couple believers, and um, they hired local guides and used that platform of a business um, to transform people in their community for the gospel. And so I'm just able to like pick on all of these different avenues of being able to share the gospel through the outdoors, whether that be through a business or a camp or, you know, through an environmental education program that works with public schools, you know, so just kind of this really diverse um, environment, um, I think has kind of really rounded out my, my experience. Um, like, you, Paul, have got this like huge passion for rafting, and um, I was a raft guide in college for a little while, but I was able to pick that back up in California as well. There's a, um, it was it's about two and a half hour drive from where I lived, but they uh, had a, 
like a, a offsite guide that you can kind of like on call sort of thing or if they had a big weekend they could just call me and because of my flexible semi-flexible weekend schedule because I was running the program I could like take the Saturday and just like go and guide on the river for the for a Saturday my wife was super gracious to let, <laughs> let me do that often and I made just enough money from that to like basically break even from driving you know over five hours to do that but yeah. who cares you know yeah. it's just kind of keeping my skills fresh and just doing it just because I love it and just getting to interact with people and that company is also owned by believers so getting to kind of like see how they worked with the public um, and that environment was really cool and just doing things with excellence and um, you know, you have lots of really amazing conversations with people on the river and, yeah. um, you know, as their guide, it's kind of fun to, you know, for them to kind of pick into your life and get to know you a little bit and get to kind of share your faith with them was really neat. And, um, you know, I didn't think any raft guides were Christians, you know, you're just like, I thought <laughs> right. you guys just like, you know, right. did drugs and like drank <laughs> and like hang out, you know, just like, you know, they're yeah not all of us are like right. that so um so that was pretty cool to kind of get and especially in california people have a very particular i don't want to pick on california there's a lot of great amazing people out there but they have a very particular like view of the world and what mm. christians are like and so when they like i was like oh man do you actually like love creation and like take care of it and like you're a cool raft guide and like just like not fitting my mold to what christians look like at all so <laughs> that's kind of a cool environment to walk into and to be around other guides too and just getting to minister to them. So I think like the Lord's really provided me with a lot of like really well-rounded experiences in my professional life um, to get to a place now where I can influence all of those in some way or another with my, with my new role. I think that's kind of like, I wouldn't be able to be in the role that I'm in now had I not had such a well-rounded professional career if that makes sense so. yeah man uh, one thing is you were talking there uh, and talking about uh, having all of these different opportunities to go and see how um, the different avenues of wilderness uh, how you can care for leaders and how you can invest in people and share your faith and whether it's through the business or, or whatever that looked like um, and one thing that you said um, that struck me was when you started seeing how um, you could, instead of just like developing this leader, actually like caring for them and getting to, getting them to this point where eventually they're just going to, they're going to take your job and like being okay with that totally. uh, and being, being like a hero maker. Right. And, and that's the, the, I think the thing that I love most about what uh, God's given us the opportunity to do is that that's, that is exactly what we get to do. We get to go and man, pour our lives into uh, these men and women that are leading young people um, mm -hmm. and, and sharing the gospel with them. So as, as that, um, that big picture, is that vision kind of captured uh, your heart uh, and has brought you to this place that you are today, why don't you just share um, with our listeners uh, kind of what, what your job is today, what your role is today? Uh, with the Wilderness Ministry Institute and Nexus. Yeah, I'm just now getting settled into this new role. It's um, it's been a little bit of a, I've been in, introduced to Nexus actually in this project down in Ecuador that I mentioned, um, which I guess is about eight-ish 
years ago or something like that. So I had a little bit of an un understanding of, of what they did over those eight years and being involved with my friend Juan Carlos, who is now full-time staff with Nexus and WMI. Um, but uh, I've been spending the past year of my life support raising and uh, something I never thought I'd do. But, um, you know, you tell God that you won't do something and then, yeah, <laughs> he laughs at you always when you say that. <laughs> totally you, true. Don't do that, you guys. Um, not a good idea. But, um, yeah, it's been pretty amazing, but just kind of getting settled in the role. Um, they've been wanting, um, when I say they, I mean, Nexus has been wanting to have um, one, a full-time WMI director, and they've been wanting to have someone who is full-time dedicated to, to WMI. Um, that's something that's kind of been that role or that responsibility or that focus has been kind of like parceled out to a variety of different of Nexus staff that have that skill set. Um, but no one's been like, it's been their full attention, full focus since the, since Nexus started. So um, I'm saying that to say that is my, I am now working directly with the director who they've now transitioned into having a new full-time WMI director, Joel Vermillion. And I am the, I'm kind of Joel's partner in crime and able to work with him directly in a full-time capacity, just focused on WMI. Um, so what, is, what does that look like? Well, we've got a variety of different um, youth leaders and church leaders and community, uh, people who are involved in their community in some sort of ministry aspect, whether that's like in a career or a volunteer, um, uh, some sort of just influencer in the community that has a heart and a passion for utilizing wilderness in their ministry rhythms with young people and people, you know, people in the church. And our heart is to come alongside of them and give them the tools and the skills and the vision to do it well and to be really effective in that. Um, sometimes leaders don't even know that they that that's even an option. They don't even know that that's a reality. It's something you can do with people. Mm. Um, we even, I just uh, was able to go to um, Romania back in August and we had a couple of leaders from Serbia and, and Romania and one of the leaders in, in Serbia, I mean, they, he's like, don't even care about the outdoors at all, you know? And he just, he realized how impactful it was for young people. And because he cares about influencing young people for the gospel, he wants to use the best tools. So, and he realized that utilizing the outdoors in the wilderness as a platform and a tool for sharing the gospel and spiritual formation for his youth. Mm. You know what he did? He went and learned how to be in the woods and in the mountains. And um, it's a struggle for him. He suffers the whole time and it's, uh, but he does it. Why? Because he loves young people and he loves the Lord and he knows how impactful it is for them. And so he's putting his life out there. Um, he's stretching himself because he wants to be able to use this tool. Um, and so we were able to come alongside of him and teach him how to do it and do it well. So um, we also are in a bit of a transition as an organization to developing uh, more standardized curriculum and material. And, and I'm pretty excited to work alongside Joel with that. And um, you know, as our organization grows and we add new people and being able to standardize that 
teaching and that curriculum and methodology like across the board um, in a really small organization like maybe you can get away with not having that as much but as it grows like you kind of have to flatten that out a little bit and um, I'm very excited to be a part of that and um, yeah I'm very uh, passionate about um, mentoring and discipling young leaders and I get to do that as my job <laughs> and that is yeah. so amazing for me and so I mean I've got a couple of people I'm discipling right now and I just like to be able to call them up and talk to them and say hey, instead of having to like fight for time to do that as I have for the past 10 years <laughs> I mm. get to do that as a part of my work day and I love that so much I am so thankful for that and so that's a part of my my role and getting to invest in wilderness ministry and just our local church and young mm. people here locally in Johnson city. Um, I'll be doing that too. So yeah, I got a lot on my plate and excited to get rolling with it. And one thing uh, that, that you said is that uh, this, this leader from Serbia who can't stand being in the wilderness, but because of their passion and because of their heart for young people and reaching them with the gospel, they were willing to put aside their comfort and totally. go and learn this skill uh, <laughs> so that they could most effectively uh, uh, disciple and evangelize young people. Exactly. And I think so much of uh, in this, this uh, conversation that you and I had the other day at lunch, um, as we find ourselves in this, uh, this very strange place uh, on a global scale uh, mm -hmm. with the whole coronavirus and, you know, all these measures of social distancing that are in place uh, and what, the effects that that is having on our economies and businesses are shutting down and um, potentially even camps are shutting down. I know that our students, uh, they go to a camp, a huge, huge camp over at Ridgecrest, uh, North Carolina. You probably yeah. know where that's mm -hmm. at. Um, yeah. I just got an email the other day that said, mm -hmm. hey, you know, we are monitoring this closely, but I'll know that there's a very uh, real chance. Um, sorry, my internet connection was being weird for a second. They said there's a very real chance that um, we may not be able to have camp this summer. And so how yeah. are we thinking about, you know, leaders that um, take their kids, their, their kids to camp every summer? Um, how, how are we thinking um, if that gets taken away from us, what do we do? And so what would you say to the leader um, that, and, and I think so many of the leaders that we find in this, this, um, may not just pertain to North America, but on a global scale, like you're talking about uh, the leader in Serbia, um, is they don't have the skill set for wilderness. They might not even have a heart for it, but how would you encourage them um, to step out of that comfort zone to reach their yeah. young people? Yeah, great question. Great perspective, Paul. I think, you know, I think a lot of people think they need to have like, you know, huge shed full of gear and I mean I'm I'm gonna say like training is of value yeah you know you don't need to be taking kids out on whitewater rafting if you don't have the skills to do it <laughs> like that makes a lot of sense I think most people understand that but I think I, I don't read I don't read the message uh translation often but when I, when I do, I don't know why it just lands really well with me. In Romans 12, um, 11 through 13, oh, the message says, Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in the flame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. 
Don't quit in hard times, but pray all the harder. Help needy Christians and be inventive in hospitality. And I love this because it's just like, there's something to be said about just like in times like right now that are just like uncertain and difficult. And even when you are in a normal season of youth ministry or whatever, um, and you're just kind of at a loss of like how to take this deeper, how to do this a little bit better. I think this has some wisdom for you and that you need to keep yourself really, really healthy, spiritually fit and ready. You need to be alert and attentive to what's going on. And it's okay to be a little inventive with what's going on. Like change this up. Everyone's figuring this out right now. I mean, it's so interesting to see how many churches are out there. They're just like finding the most creative ways to stay engaged with their people. And I think that puts a really big smile on God's face. I think he's like, oh my gosh, like, look at you guys, like making the effort to stay involved. I mean, technology, we're so blessed by it. But um, when it comes to wilderness, like, of course, like, it's hard to, like, be out in the woods on Skype, you know? You got to, there's something about being physically there that makes all the difference in the world. And you don't need any education, any gear to just go on a hike with a student, like, Honestly, like all my interviews that I ever did, pretty much with the with the exception of like remote interviews, I would go on a walk with them uh, in the redwoods. There's something really leveling about that, and really like, you know, when you're sitting formally across from the desk of someone, you're not getting their real self, yeah. okay? But there's something really like something that breaks down a lot of barriers is going to hike with someone. And um, I got the most out of those experiences and those interviews I've ever gotten in my life because there's something really beautiful and wonderful about it. Mm. I mean, take your students fishing. You don't, I mean, gosh, like that's not even that hard. You don't even need to be good at it. You know, like just go, you can do it. It's easy. And with the social distancing thing or just like not gathering in crowds, like this is better one-on-one. It enhances that. You don't, you know, you don't need a fancy education and a, a shed full of gear to go do that. Like you have the tools at your disposal. And you know, something pretty interesting is the second most talked about living thing in the Bible's trees. That's no accident. You know, we can talk a, you know, a whole another podcast about why that is, but go learn about trees. Go sit in the woods and do a whole year-long study on trees in the Bible, but go sit in the forest and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's raining, whether it's snowing, it doesn't matter. Your kids are going to get a lot out of it. And I think you have the ability to just be creative, be inventive, and, and go get it. Go have these experiences. Like, instead of meeting in your church, every Wednesday night or whatever, find a place to have a campfire and go sit around that and do it. Like change it up a little bit. Um, in these times you have the ability to, to do a lot of things. You know, there's a lot of parks, there's a lot of places to go do things and get kids out of their normal rhythms. And you'll be astounded, I think, at what comes out of those times. You'll be really shocked. And if you want to, you know, you don't believe me try it and then once you get addicted to trying it call us because we can t- help you take it deeper yeah. and if you want to take kids out in the mountains for four days we can help you do that and yeah you might need some skills to do that and that's great 
but you don't have to start there. You can start way simpler and way easier than that. One of the, one of the first times that, uh, so I've been around uh, WMI for probably six years now. Um, And I went to one of the trainings that they had in Colorado. And I remember that one of the first things that, uh, that I heard, cause I was going out there thinking about like, okay, this is just nothing but wilderness training. This is going to help me uh, to do all of this stuff in the wilderness. And they were like, you know, um, in order to have a good, this is, I forget, I think Ashley might've said it, but he said, if you want to have uh, a good back country ministry, you need to have a thriving front country ministry. Totally. Because the time that we totally. spend in the back country is is very small in comparison to how we have to live our everyday lives uh, with these students yeah. uh, and and having that relationship. So I think where I would come in and encourage is like you know this is not um, something where you know you have to go out every single day, every single weekend. Like there's a rhythm of that, and we see uh, and a lot of times we when we're teaching these leaders, um, we say that we we look at Jesus, right? Jesus had this very healthy rhythm of work where he was preaching, teaching, and healing in the cities. And then he would withdraw to a desolate place. Uh, I think it's in Mark 5 that says uh, Jesus frequently withdrew uh, to spend time in prayer, withdrew to a desolate place to spend time in prayer. Um, And so how are we doing that, man? And that's where I would just say, like leaders, if you're listening to this, if you're a church leader, um, whether you're on staff or whether you're just a volunteer, um, listen to Andrew's words. Just try it. You don't have to have the gear, which I can say I'm guilty of that. I'm kind of a yeah. gearhead. <laughs> totally. I, I have hey, to have all fun, the cool man. stuff. It is totally. fun. It is really fun. Yeah. But you, um, you don't have to have all of that to share the gospel uh, with a young person while you're taking them on the wilderness adventure. And, and the reason that I, I, I love taking young people outside is because when you take God's word, we know that God's word does not leave his mouth and return void. It accomplishes the very task that he sends it out to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So we know that when we are reading God's word, especially when we are immersed by his creation, where he's revealing himself to us, mm-hmm. it has such a, a, a tangible and powerful effect on the person who is hearing that. Because mm-hmm. they can take this biblical truth that they have learned and connect it to this real experience being in God's creation. And they, that they will never forget. Mm-hmm. And I always tell the story, uh, which I'm sure you've got tons of these stories. And you were saying earlier, like you have a lot of times where being outside and being in God's creation that stick out in your mind as these mm-hmm. moments that shaped who you are and have yeah. shaped your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is why we are so passionate and adamant about encouraging you to take young people out is because uh, I've had, man, I love my pastor. Joel, if you're listening to this, uh, know that. And any pastor that I've ever had before, know this, that I've, I loved you guys. But I could mm-hmm. not tell you of one single sermon that's ever changed my life in, in a deep way. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you of a whole lot of times where I've been out in, in God's creation and he has spoken to me, whether directly, whether he's revealed something to me through his Holy Spirit, or somebody that's been walking along with me uh, under the influence of the Holy Spirit has spoken something to me mm-hmm. and it has absolutely changed my life. So yeah. that is why we do what we do. That is why we are encouraging you to get out and do this, try it. Uh, and we are uh, part of what we do um, is uh, 
you know, we are focused on engaging these leaders around the world. Um, around the world includes home as well. Exactly. So we, this is not just the job that we have. This is how God has called us to live our lives. Exactly. And um, so Andrew, if, if, if somebody's listening right now and they're just wondering, um, man, you know, I'd like to get to know more about this guy. Like how can they connect with you? Uh, whether it's social media or uh, if they just have questions or anything, want to reach out to you uh, more directly about the Wilderness Ministry Institute. How can they find yeah, um, Wilderness Ministry Institute uh, as well as Nexus International they have a great website. Go check it out. Um, there's plenty of ways to reach out to us through there. I'm sure Paul can throw my email in the show notes or something. Um, feel free to reach out to, to, to me there. Really easy. Um, I don't even care if you put my phone number on there. Just give me a call. Um, but this might be dangerous. I'm not really sure how, <laughs> if you should do that or not, but we'll leave that out. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't really care that much. My wife would probably disagree, but, um, I probably should be a little bit more cautious about that, but I don't know. I'm just open. And so, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just have him put my email in the show notes and, and I'm sure he'll throw the website in the show notes as well or something. And you can go check it out there. Um, yeah. If you reach out to, to WMI directly, um, they know how to get a hold of us and, yeah. And I would, I would say too, uh, in this age of social media, you can, I think, uh, WMI, we have an Instagram, so you can go follow, uh, yep. Facebook page. Um, it's at wilderness ministry, I believe on Instagram, you'll have to look it up. Um, I'm not so sure. Um, and two, I know oftentimes at least, uh, and, and you've probably experienced this as well, Andrew, is when we're sharing what we do with people, and people are hearing Nexus International and Wilderness Ministry Institute. They're like, well, yeah, what, yeah, what's yeah. kind of going on? What's, who do you work for? What do you do? So for those of you that are seeing this on YouTube, um, I, I'm, I use my hands a lot. But if you're listening to the podcast, you can't see this. Um, so Nexus International is this umbrella uh, that is the organization, right? Mm -hmm. And there's different kind of legs under it. And one of those legs is the Wilderness Ministry Institute. So... Everybody at Nexus, we are focused on what Andrew was talking about, on caring for and equipping indigenous leaders to take the gospel to young people through modeling the same method of ministry that Jesus did by focusing on a few to reach too many. Um, that is what we do as a whole organization at Nexus. Now, there are a few of us that have a skill set that uh, for being wilderness minded and whether it's rafting or climbing or we have these technical skills uh, and, and we in addition to what we do at Nexus, just give that skill and give that tool and training to leaders to help them connect with young people, um, like Andrew was sharing about. So, um, man, thank you so much for being with us today, Andrew. I'm, I'm really excited uh, just to continue working with you. Um, and so many of our guests, I don't get to talk to you anymore, but you, I do. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything you want to share uh, before you leave or? Uh, not really. I think like this is just such a wonderful opportunity to just have a little bit of content. Just a lot of people are held up in their homes right now. And, you know, we, we want to be outside doing things. Um, I'm going to go try to play some disc golf this afternoon nice. uh, with one of my mentors. But um, yeah, I, I just encourage you guys just to pray through this and really think it over deeply and know that you're not alone. You don't have to try to figure this out all by yourself. Um, that's exactly why we're here. Our whole heart and our life is dedicated to helping people like mm -hmm. you figure this out. Yeah. And um, 
we don't have all the answers, but we are available. And I think that matters a lot. Mm. And um, we, we can be there for you in a minute. And, um, and yeah, don't be embarrassed to not know or to be confused or lost or not know where to start. Those things are perfectly okay. Yeah. And we want to be there to support you and help you. I think that's going to be the only thing that I'd say. And I just want to thank you, Paul, for having me on. I'm looking forward to being here in Johnson City with you. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what God does in the future through Wilmer's ministry. So. Right on. Well, Andrew, thank you so much. And uh, man, have fun playing disc golf today. Yeah. <laughs> on this beautiful day before it starts raining again. That, that's right. Exactly my point. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, man, have a great day. And uh, yeah, talk to you soon, my friend. See you, man. Thanks for listening to today's show, everybody. There's three things you can do if you enjoy the show. Number one, subscribe. We don't want you to miss any shows that we put out, and that's the easiest way to do so. Number two, leave us a review on the podcasting platform in which you're listening to this on. just helps give us some feedback as to what you like about the show and helps others as well. And the third thing, share, because you never know who needs to hear the perspective of one man in his wilderness.